0: Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Raya. I write a column for Bay Area News Group, automotive column on Sundays, and I have edited and published the website, theweeklydriver.com, since 2004. Uh, The brains of our uh, podcast for the last 250-plus episodes is Bruce Aldrich. He's across the table. Uh, from me uh, at his home and our wonderful office here. And our guest today is a repeat guest. Our favorite uh, analytical automotive company is iccars.com. We've had a variety of guests on through the years from the website. But today our guest is the analyst, uh, Carl Brower. And Carl is the analyst for the company. And they put out all kinds of wonderful surveys and We all know that the world of used cars is changing quite a bit, so the latest uh, information we received is about the most popular used cars, the depreciation of used cars, and Carl, you're an expert, so uh, thank you again for being our guest today.
1: Hey, absolutely. Always fun being on with you guys and talking cars. As you said, uh, we, uh, we like to uh, keep track of what's going on in the industry at iccars.com, and as you know, the past two years have been probably the most interesting. Would be one word, maybe crazy, unbelievable. Would be a couple other words you could use for the pricing situation with cars. Yes, but um, yeah, we've been we've been tracking it and trying to kind of keep our audience informed, our users informed of what's going on, so they can incorporate that into their car research.
0: Thank you. Um, this latest um, announcement and uh, facts and figures and data that you have pertains to the used car market and uh you guys have done this um survey or uh, analytical uh, comparison before i'm sure this one uh has all different twists and curves to it so could you take us through a maybe a summary of of this one this time around and um what's your overall view of it is if, this year if it's changed from two or three years ago
1: yeah you know we we track the cars that are kind of selling the best And uh, on the used car side, you know, and it's not uncommon to see new car sales figures, but we think it's fascinating to see used car figures. The average person may not know that, but maybe there's 15, 14, 17 million new cars that sell every year in this country. There's about three times as many, you know, it's around 40 to 50 million used cars in the country that uh, change hands every year. So when you're able to track that, you get a real good look at, you know, the secondary market and what people are really buying and selling out there after their cars left the dealer lot for new. And this year, you know, we did it again. We looked at what were the most popular cars in the used market, what sold the best. And some standard cars are always at the top. The big threes, full-size trucks, meaning the Ford F-150, the Chevrolet Silverado, and the Ram 1500. They are always the top three because there's just so much truck activity in this country. So many people buy trucks both for personal as well as professional and work reasons. But then you get past those top three and it gets pretty interesting. You know, for years it was midsize sedans, Accords, and Camrys. Uh, once upon a time, the Ford Fusion was up there in the top uh, selling car uh, category years and years ago. But now it's a lot of SUVs. And it has been for most of the last 10 plus years because they've just taken over the car market, as most people realize. Um, so, yeah, that's what we've been tracking. And this year we just we saw uh, some movement in those kind of, you know, fourth through seven slots after the big trucks, uh, are out of the way where things like the Chevy Equinox moved from number seven to number four. So it really shot up. Um, the civic slid, a, 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 a slot, uh, the Camry held study at level six. And then the RAV four actually moved down to from seven to, uh, or from nine to seven, it moved up. Sorry. And, um, and then the rogue moved down from fifth place to eighth place. And then the last two were the Ford Escape, went from eighth to ninth ranked, didn't move much. And the Jeep Grand Cherokee broke into the top 10 for, I think, the first time since we've been tracking this. It was number 12 last year, but it made it to the top 10 selling used cars for 2022. So uh, good on Jeep. They're, they're very successful with that Grand Cherokee.
2: Well, something else Jeep's been really uh, good at is the depreciation, right? And it's the top of the list for five-year depreciation.
1: Yeah. The, uh, Wrangler is like this weird enigma in the used car value world. You know, it just never goes down in value. So there's, I always feel like there's kind of two sets of rules for used car depreciation. There's the Jeep Wrangler and everything else because the Wrangler doesn't follow any of the rules. And, uh, you know, you look at that car, it's been the same basic car really since, uh, it was, you know, starring in war movies from the 40s. Uh, and so even the older ones still basically look like the new ones and they still go off road really well. So there's there's just a lot of demand. You know, it kind of doesn't matter what year the Wrangler is. There's always demand for it. Um, but now, like you you said, you know, Jeep, the brand is becoming more and more well known, I think. And the Grand Cherokee has always been a really good seller in its category but uh, as a new car. But now it's starting to get into the top 10 used cars another indication that Americans just keep going more and more SUV crazy
2: everybody wants an SUV so <laughs> do I. I it's it's you're right it, it is it is crazy i don't know really why they just the height the height sitting up high in them and four wheel drive availability uh, just the way to go
0: yeah A lot of, yeah lot of soccer moms People too i love it um you know what's always been impressive about iccars.com to me is the there, you see, sometimes people do um, comparisons, surveys, and that the amount of cars that they have at their fingertips, so to speak, isn't a, a big number. You guys have millions. The, that data, the data um, accumulation of data. Um, if you wouldn't mind, could you explain how you guys get so many cars involved and in, in the different things you put out on a on a quite a regular basis?
1: Well, you know, we have our dealer partners and we're we're listing their vehicles on our site, trying to get them in front of uh, potential buyers. And so we work with them and they have a certain amount of uh, uh, data that they collect independently, each dealer independently. And if you're going through the trouble to collect all that stuff and aggregate it together, you don't get a dealer or even a dealer groups. Sales numbers—you get most of the country's
0: sales yes. numbers,
1: and especially on the use side. Again, with so many transactions happening, so many more used transactions than new out there in the in the marketplace. Um, you know, again, it's 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 nice to have the numbers from Ford and Chevy and and you know Toyota and Volkswagen, all the big players that sell new cars. But it gets much trickier to try to understand what's going on on the use side. You can't really use the manufacturers that's where the dealers come in because they're the ones who sell so many of these used cars. And uh, we just are kind of data geeks here at iccars.com. And we love looking at it because we feel like it tells so much, you know, the pricing and the trends of which cars are going up or down in sales. And during the pandemic, it was incredibly fascinating because you just saw all sorts of unusual sales patterns and demand patterns in used cars uh, throughout the pandemic. It was fascinating.
2: Carl, can you give us like three of the most popular cars, and then and why they are, or your guesstimate why they're so popular, and say three of the worst and why they're so unpopular as used cars.
1: Sure, you know, I mean, I think you look at popular cars like like a Chevrolet Equinox or a Rav Four or a Honda CRV, and these are cars that just they serve so many purposes. You know, the compact SUV category, which all those cars sit in is really in the sweet zone, okay? It's it's big enough to give you a lot of practicality and space and some flexibility. You can fold those rear seats down, and the square shape of the vehicle gives you a good storage. You can put the seats all up, and you get good room for four or five adults. You can kind of go off-road at least a little bit. You can certainly do well in inclement weather, and they're not so big that they're hard to park in a garage or drive in the city, uh, and they don't get terrible gas mileage. So they just, if you were going to do a Venn diagram of all the things people do with a vehicle and you were going to see which vehicles did the most things the best, the compact SUV would be one of the best types of vehicles you could buy. And not surprisingly, RAV4s are now the best-selling Toyotas, not Camrys, and CRVs are the best-selling Hondas, not Accords or even Civics. So that's what's happened is that those cars just fill so many roles so well. Um, and that's why they sell so well. And that's why every automaker is making at least one or more. They're starting to slice the onion thinner, you know, and starting to build like, you know, slightly smaller and slightly larger versions of these other cars they've had for years because they just all sell. Um, and where you get stuck with cars that are, you know, kind of not as popular on the used market and the values drop, uh, what we see a lot is like large luxury sedans. OK, so if, if you wanted to buy a car and see how much money you could use, lose from buying it new. in the first five, <laughs> five years, <laughs> Thank you hey, for let's that. Have a, let's have a, That's good. Let's have a challenge, right? Yeah, yeah. let's all get it. Let's all see who can lose the most money on a new car purchase. Um, the truth is that, you know, luxury buyers, uh, they don't want a used car. Most luxury buyers want a new car. That's the whole point. They don't, why not don't go buy a car with a upscale badge and show up at the country club? and have it be five, three, five, seven years old. That's not cool. I got to have a brand new shiny one to impress the guys I'm playing golf with. So that's what people who buy those kind of cars want. And once those cars become used, they're not nearly as desirable to the primary target. That doesn't mean they're not good cars. Many of them are fabulous cars, but they're now three, four years old, and they're not considered new and shiny by the primary target. And so all the people who will buy them used, and they will buy them used, but they're not going to have nearly the tolerance for the price that the new buyer had. And that's where you get the difference between new and used pricing for cars. And you get depreciation on cars like a BMW 7 Series. This is very commonly one of the highest depreciating cars uh, because it's it's a used car that started out very expensive and it's not even an SUV. An SUV, you know traits and ca- and characteristics, helps a little bit. It's a little bit of inoculation as a general rule against depreciation because if it had a wide, flexible use as a new car, even a luxury-badged one, so it's going to have a wide, flexible use as a used car. But the person who bought that 7 Series BMW knew they just wanted that car for whatever reason they wanted it, and now you got to find a buyer on the used market. And it's not going to go off-road well. It's not going to have a lot of flexibility that fold seats down and put a bunch of stuff in the back of the hatch because it doesn't have a hatch. So you get a much narrower band of people who care about a used 7 Series and it falls down. And that's, I don't want to pick on BMW, that's not unique to the 7 Series. The S-classes and the Audi A8s and stuff like that, all those premium luxury sedans, they tend to to really fall after they're new.
2: We saw on the list, too, of the the five-year depreciation, uh, the high list of the worst, Uh, the Volvo S90 was on there, and I was surprised at that. Because it used to be, at least, that Volvos, you just... They were like VW bugs. I mean, everybody wanted them and they didn't change much, but I guess now Volvo is, the resale is not so great. Not on that
1: sedan for all those same reasons, you know, it's just, it's tough to find someone willing to spend a lot of money on a sedan at all, any sedan. It's hard to find someone will spend a lot of money on an Accord, you know, because it's just a sedan by a lot of consumers' estimations today. It doesn't have this wide range of functionality. And the more expensive the sand is, the harder it is to find someone willing to spend that kind of money on it. So if you're a shopper and you don't care about having a new car and you love luxury cars, not trucks and SUVs, the luxury cars, it's a great deal for you. I mean, I think some of the best buys out there are, you know, three, five, seven-year-old luxury cars, luxury cars, not SUVs or trucks, but luxury cars that, that the – Kind of the snooty new car buyers don't want anymore. Ugh, <laughs> Still have <laughs> I mean, the, the in, new car buyers get, get a great brand great luxury car. I was so.
0: gonna say in the case of the Volvo and some of the other cars, uh they would drive another hundred thousand miles if you know, as an as a used car. It's probably I your point's well, yeah. Yeah, yeah great buy if you don't care about you know impressing the neighbors on the next block whatever. That's that's right. a, it's a good thing. I was going to ask, Carl, when the pandemic first hit and and the buzz term for quite a while was uh, supply chain, supply chain. Everything was a supply chain. Um, This, I'm sure, ties into your um, analysis. Has that changed, in your opinion? Is it less about supply chain? Is it still supply chain? Are there other factors that are all insurance rates? What are some of the other factors, do you Mm -hmm. think, um, that that are changing uh, the way people view cars, and I'll add to that: is that some of the people now who are buying used cars, um, some of the companies that are, you know, offering almost as much as the car might have cost new, they're offering for the car as a used car. So, could you explain some of those areas to us?
1: Sure. Yeah, uh, the supply chain has improved, but unfortunately, you know, if 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 100% is perfect and zero percent is 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 a train wreck yes you know the supply chain fell from 100 to i'm going to say like 20 uh during the height of the pandemic and now i would say it's at like 40, yes. which is still a failing grade, but it's, twi- it's twice as good as it was before and still a failing grade. Yes. I think that'd be an accurate assessment of where we are with the supply chain right now. So it is still impacting new car production, which is the heart of the entire you know market in terms of values. If, if I'm a new car buyer and I go to my dealer and I say, I want car XYZ, and the dealer says, I'm not going to have car XYZ for I don't know how long. It might be two weeks. It might be two months. It could be longer. I don't know when the next one's coming in. They're hard to get. And then I see car XYZ sitting on the lot, and I say, well, I see it right there. There's one right there. Well, that's a one-year-old one, two-year-old, three-year-old one. Well, how much for that one? And the dealer's you know, kind of licking his chops. Hmm, I got a buyer here who wants a car today, and he's not as picky about new or used as he is about wanting to get his car today. Well, I want X amount for that car, and that X amount might be the same price as the new one would have otherwise been in a normal market. And the buyer very more often than not says, I'll take it just because they need the car and they want it right now. So that's how new car crimping of production makes used car prices shoot through the roof.
0: Thank you, and I that's- perfectly said. Thank you for that. That's great.
1: Sure, yeah. sure, and that's exactly what we've seen since the pandemic hit, and then the supply chain got screwed up. And what's what defines a car, of course, or defines a price, I should say, for a car or for anything, is price is a uh, supply demand. So if supply chain is hurting and demand is as high or higher, you're going to shoot prices through the moon. And if supply chain gets fixed, and there's plenty of them around, and demand slips, prices are going to fall rapidly. And I would say we're seeing prices fall. I know that we are, actually. I can give you guys a sneak peek, because we just did our uh, study for December pricing year over year and also the last few months. And we're putting out a a note tomorrow morning, so uh, it'll be out there and all. But um, they're finally falling. We're finally seeing used car prices officially lower than they were a year earlier. And so year over year, it's called a uh, drop in prices. And that has happened now for two months in a row. And that proves that it's a trend and it's fallen from like 10 over, it's a 10% swing. It was still 7% higher in September. And now it's 3%, it's negative 3%. So it's gone positive seven to negative 3% in the last four months. That's so a 10% total swing in the pricing wow. year over year for cars. That's a lot. Exactly. Yeah. That's... Wow is exactly right. <laughs> Cause we haven't seen any kind of downside for pricing and now we've seen it for the last four months in a row, substantially. Really, we saw it throughout 2002, but they were so high, the prices were still up compared to a year earlier. Now they're below. They've actually gone negative in the last two months, and they've dropped a lot in the last five to seven months. So there's a momentum, and it's undeniable. And you know, interest rates, uh, inflation, economic concerns, the demand side is now starting to come into play as much or more than the supply side. So even though supply chain is still an an issue relative to where it should be. It's less of an issue than it was six months ago, but even more so, the demand is starting to fall. And that's going to bring prices down much quicker than the supply chain repairs, because we're going to be stuck with supply chain issues probably for another year plus. So um, that's where we're seeing prices shift. And we're going to see it probably for the next few months. I tell people, if you don't need to buy now, we have been telling people to wait for a while. And now I can say, You know, you don't have to wait an indefinite period or one to two years. Like we've been telling people now, it's probably more like three to six months. Um, But if you can wait three to six months, it's inconceivable to me that a used car you're looking at and probably new cars, too, because they're tied together. But certainly used cars. If you're looking at a used car, it's inconceivable to me that in the next three to six months, it will be more expensive. It very likely will be less expensive if you can wait.
2: I can't wait. I, I ended up buying <laughs> a new truck, and my, my nephew he just bought. He waited four months for a new Tacoma, uh, the the small pickup. And uh, anyway, he's happy with it, and I'm happy with mine. But back to uh, reality here: uh, electric cars, uh, Teslas, uh, Nissan Leafs; uh, those all are have a higher depreciation value than the national average, I believe, based on your studies. What's going on with electric cars and what should we expect on the used car pricing on those in the next
1: few months? So electric cars were one of the very interesting stories uh, throughout the pandemic because pre-pandemic, they were some of the biggest depreciators. Now, Tesla is always kind of its own unique world and stuff. But generally speaking, LEAF, as an example, was one of the fastest depreciating cars Um, and it was both because all electric cars tended to depreciate faster, but then the Leaf was, was and still today, is kind of an old design. It's still basically the same car they've been selling for 10 years. They did a little bit of a body update to it. They put a slightly bigger battery pack, so it went from 100 to, like, 150 miles range, 180, whatever. But it's still a relatively old design. So you'd expect it to depreciate a lot. Well, then gas prices spiked uh, last February, March, April, right, when the uh, global, uh, you know, uh, political issues got got heated up. And when that happened, all of a sudden, everything that got better mileage or in the electric car cases, no mileage because they didn't use gas at all. Shot through the roof. Hybrids went up. uh, Smaller cars and fuel, you know, smaller economy cars went up and electrics went up big time in the last six to eight months because of the conflict. And so they're still actually up. I just told you that the overall market is finally moving down one of the few um, actually the, the only segment and by gas gasoline type or fuel type or whatever you want to call it that is up is hybrids hybrids are still up uh compared to a year ago um everything else is down but then electric cars in terms of specific models a lot of them are the highest up, are the cars that are up still the most um if, you know when we look at the cars in the last four months that have gone down the most you see a lot of what i was talking about before luxury vehicles but when you look at cars that have gone up the most there are a lot of electric cars and hybrid cars
0: I've noticed uh, recently I think it even though we're talking about used cars when you tell someone or someone asks how much a car costs if Bruce and I are reviewing a car and they, we tell them whatever the price is fifty thousand a hundred thousand hundred fifty thousand and then you explain to them that the average new price of a car is like forty seven forty eight thousand dollars. I would say out of ten people I've told, eight are just totally taken aback by the fact that the average new price of a car is up in the high 40s now. Um, how does that factor into the used car prices? If it does,
1: yeah, so they follow each other closely. So um, for a long time, and still today, you can almost just throw out a $10,000 price difference, and you're usually pretty close. So if the average new car was 35, the average used car might be 25 uh, for in recent months, I saw that, that new cars were 43 and used cars were 33. Yes, I think you're correct that in the most recent months, we got up to like mid forties and mid thirties for both of them. But I think we're going to see both those numbers dropping in the next six months, as, I, as I've said, Yes, but, but that's, that's, again, that's really it. If, if new cars are a given price, used car buyers are always more price sensitive. They always want to pay less. So they shop used and that's still true. It's just, uh, where you used to feel like you got, A nice, you know, substantial savings. Remember, ten thousand dollars difference between thirty-five and forty-five isn't nearly the same percentage as a ten thousand dollar difference between thirty-five and twenty-five, or twenty-five and fifteen, right? You know, if there's a ten thousand dollar difference from a twenty-five thousand dollar new car, you're getting almost half the price to buy used. And that's how it should work, and that's how it worked for most of the history of the automobile. But in recent, the recent last couple of years. The prices of both have gone up big time and you're not getting nearly the overall percentage savings on a used car that you used to get
2: of course vehicles are much better made now than they were 25 plus years ago too
1: that's the good news that's the good news is that is that and one of the studies we just did was cars with the best uh lifespan most remaining lifespan that were the cheapest in other words we tried to find that sweet zone right so you don't want to buy a car that's so low priced and has so many miles that you buy it for almost nothing and then it's nothing but a nightmare when you get it yeah, it's right <laughs> right we've all had that <laughs> no, yeah, we had those. Yeah, yeah that doesn't help anyone right right mm-hmm. but you don't want to buy a car that's unnecessarily low in miles and you're paying for those lower miles in today's market which is very expensive and you're just paying all this extra money for a car to get more miles that you may or may not need and what we did is we, we found a sweet zone where you would get cars that had like 100 plus thousand miles left on them for between ten and $15,000. Now, that's a lot cheaper than what we were just saying. What we were just saying, we're saying the average new car is $33,000, $35,000. If you went to the average used car shopper and said, look, this is a 10-year-old car, that might make you nervous. What if I told you that this 10-year-old car you can buy for $10,000, dollars $12,000 and it's got 100 to 120,000 miles left in it. How appealing would that be to the average buyer to pay that kind of money for that kind of lifespan versus three times that amount to get a car that may have a, you know, that probably has an even longer lifespan? But again, what's the diminishing return? Right. You know, would you be like, look, 100 grand is it's going to take me five years, seven years to get to 100 grand uh, miles on whatever car I buy? If $10,000 will get me another five to seven years of driving, I'll reevaluate what I want to do in yeah, another ca- five to seven years. Yeah, count
0: me in, right? I bet you a yeah. lot of people would change their minds, sure. Um, sure. The the other area I wanted to cover, and again, it's a little bit of a curve, but some of the new electric cars, of course, we've talked about Tesla. And it doesn't, as far as I know, it doesn't really have a true uh, competitor yet, I think that one of the Tesla models was in the top 10 sales of the year, maybe at least the top 15 sales of the year. There's another mm-hmm. company on the horizon. Of course, there's Vinfast, there's Lucid. Um, if, if we can throw a curve out there, do you think that Tesla will have a competitor, a true competitor uh, in, in the coming 18 months? Or uh, maybe maybe you guys have done some research on that, and I just haven't seen the, the study yet. What are, what are your thoughts on that? And maybe we'll have used Lucids and used VinFast before too long. I don't know. What are your thoughts?
1: We're definitely going to see more and more alternatives to Tesla. and and uh, And I've said this for years, that Tesla really had a pretty sweet situation in that they had essentially, like you've said, no competition for the first 10 to 12 years of their existence. They really didn't have anything else. If you wanted an electric car, you might get a a Bolt in recent years or a Leaf in earlier years. But if you wanted a premium electric car, it was kind of Tesla or nothing. There really wasn't another option at all. And so people who were looking to buy an electric car, but they wanted it to look good and be fast and all have a premium sense, they bought Teslas and nothing else competed. That has absolutely really changed already. Um, I mean, I've spent some quality time in electric vehicles in the last six months. And I can tell you, you know, the Kia EV6 yes. is an extremely well-executed electric car. That car is fabulous. Mm-hmm. And to me, if someone was saying Model 3, Model Y, or EV6, I'd tell them to go buy the EV6 because they're going to get as good or better likely build quality than the Tesla. They're going to get a much better post-purchase dealer network for support. Uh, and those cars have the the 800-volt architecture and the way that thing would would absorb energy from an electrify america uh charging station was fabulous when i drove it i drove it to vegas and back which was the first time i've gone more than 100 miles from my house in the ev i figured it was time to finally start testing these things out in the real world yes and in early, you know and just less than a month ago a month and a half ago i went to vegas and back in that ev6 it was fabulous. I stopped in Barstow, found a Walmart that had an Electrify America thing. I could have been at 90% in 15 minutes. I'm a little OCD, so I just sat there for 45 and got to 100%. But still, even a, even that, 45 minutes to get totally full and 15 minutes would have got me 90, which would have easily finished me off on getting to Vegas. I just was, you know, me and I was nervous. So I stayed there until I was at 100%, and I didn't need to. And it was great. And the car, you know, is quiet and it's fast and it looks cool and it's comfortable Got a great user interface inside so i feel like there's already and that's just one there's the ionic 5 from hyundai which uses the same architecture the same platform as that uv 6 i was talking about but it's the hyundai version and there's more coming the, the Ionic 6 is coming I've, I've spent a brief amount of time in that and that thing's a looker it's a really nice looking sedan i think that hyundai is clearly targeting the model 3 with that because it's got a nice swoopy shape to it like the model 3 and it's going to have about the same or, or more range and uh, it's going to cost the same or less.
0: Great. So this competition is great. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> sure,
1: sure. Yeah. So Tesla is looking at absolutely more competition. That's just, those are just two examples I've got. There's other companies coming with cars. So, uh, you know, everyone, anyone who looks at the specs knows that, that Ford so clearly targeted the Model Y with the Mach-E. I mean, you know, wheelbase and length and, and width and height and power and all that. I, I look at the specs. And I'm like, gee, I, I think somebody was benchmarking someone, you know. Sure. But, uh, the Mach-E is a fabulous car, too. It's a really nicely executed car. So so it's going to be interesting. And by the way, one of the cars that fell the most in the last four months was the Model 3. That ah. was the top car in the last three, last four months. It lost the most amount of its value. It was down almost 17%. So, uh, yeah, it's starting to affect uh, Teslas.
0: Kind of like the, the stock value of that same company. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's yeah. Down, a little. Down, down a little. Down a little, too. A little, <laughs> down a
0: little bit, too. Yes. Um, uh, Carl, while we have a few more minutes, what are the, what other areas should we be aware of in, in the use? Do you do you have any uh, thoughts on people like to speculate? Um, used cars that sometimes when cars get twenty five years old, I guess you can call them a classic. Uh, what's out there that might be a surprise to somebody that would be? Hey, have you considered this car company's ten year old this or or uh, manufacturer? Why has this fifteen year old car? Take a look, even though it might not be on your list per se, but something out there on the crystal ball that you might uh, recommend to us?
1: Absolutely. No, that's a great question. And, and, you know, I've got personal cars that I think are fascinating. It's funny, we're having this conversation. I was talking to my daughter probably less than an hour ago about this exact topic. What cars are out there that you can get on the used market that still have a lot of life left and are cool and fun cars. And, um, you know, I look at something like a lot of the driver-oriented cars from the 2000s, guys, I think they're just, I, I get in those cars now. I, I. It's a long story, but the bottom line is I ended up with a uh, 2001 BMW 325 CI convertible in the mm-hmm. past year. And every time I get in that car, the level of unfiltered feedback and, and information and driver experience I'm getting out of this 21-year-old car now, 22-year-old car now, is really amazing. And it just reminds me how you know, light and responsive and unfiltered, uh, those cars were. And that from that era, you know, with, without electric power assisted steering, but hydraulic assisted steering and not all the computers and stuff going on. And, you know, I think, I think those kind of cars are really cool. The, so, so the three series, the E 46, three series, which was like 99 to like 2007, I think the first, uh, couple of years of that generation, Mercedes SL, and the mm-hmm. 2003 to 2010 Mercedes SLs; those these are engineered cars from German companies that are really well done. I and you 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 see them on Bring a Trailer or Hemmings or some of these other auction sites out there. I, I feel like you're going to go out there and spend between ten and fifteen thousand dollars on a sub hundred thousand mile Mercedes SL from the mid 2000s. You know that just seems like a really good amount of car for that kind of money to spend and and as i was saying before and you you said this too modern cars and this is really anything after 2000 they've just been built to a higher standard the tolerances, the engineering they can go a long time and you you, you want to do your due diligence pre-purchase inspection car, car facts, you know auto check history vehicle history report you want to make sure the car's been properly cared for but a properly cared for 15 to 20 year old car from that era it should have a lot of it should go well over a hundred thousand, hundred and fifty thousand miles. And if you can find one that's in great shape with documentation and you can get a good price on it, I think those cars are very compelling. Cars that's,
2: cars are a little more analog or are a good thing.
1: Yes. A hundred percent. Well said, Bruce.
2: You're right. The the newer cars, we're just sitting in a new BMW right now or just earlier. And uh, to me it was so numb. They've gotten so yes. so good at uh Making you think you're not in a car. <laughs> that it, it's not fun. It's just a, a big old appliance. For
0: $95, 000, <laughs> ninety five thousand dollars, you can, you can get a numb car today.
2: Ninety five thousand dollar numb car. But it, boy, the guys at the club sure think it's cool, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. No, it's it's funny. The term I like to use is sensory deprivation chamber. You know. Oh, yeah, there you go. Perfect old, old movie called altered States with William Hurt. You guys probably are the right generation. To sure, sure. all, but you know, where he floats, he goes into a tank and they close the, the lid. So it's dark and he's floating in water, you know, and yep. it's like, he's got no outside stimuli. Cause he's trying to do all these things that are purely mental based. And it's like, yeah, if you're doing an experiment like that, that's what you want. I don't really want that when I'm going no, down the road in no. my car, I kind of want to know what's going on around me, but that's just me. So.
2: that's good, good. good analogy we we weren't exactly floating in water but, but pretty close could, yeah <laughs> close. could have been
1: sitting on a feather
2: bed
0: <laughs> hey carl that's a good place to uh to wrap it up i'm sure um you know with all your knowledge we could just keep going and going and and we'll do it again i hope at some point but i i just want to compliment um iccars.com it's some people I, I know I see the reference more and more in in different publications, whether general interest in newspapers or online sites. Of course, in the automotive industry, it's well known. But I think, and I'm sure you guys agree and have noticed it as well, the the way that the um, the website has kind of expanded into the mainstream, if you will. Um, I just see it more and more, and so it's a it's a compliment to you guys for all the different stuff you provide. So I really appreciate it. So thanks for that, and. Thank you again for, for being our guest today. We want to remind people to visit iccars.com. Our guest is, uh, he called himself a, a data uh, geek, but was, officially he's an analyst for iccars.com. <laughs> so, Carl, thanks, thanks a bunch for, uh, for being our guest today on the Weekly Driver Podcast. Very much appreciate it, sir.
1: Absolutely appreciate the kind words about me and the site and uh thank you and your listeners for uh for uh you know putting up with me for uh, for this discussion but it was a lot of fun guys I hope to be on again
0: thank you great information thank you bye bye now
1: take care guys